0: I'm Sean Sheehan. And I'm Rodney Robinson. And this is the Teachers' Caucus Podcast. This meeting of the Teachers' Caucus is now in session. I'm Sean Sheehan, and with me as always is Rodney Robinson. Rodney, question for you. When you were last in the classroom—actually, no, let me run it back further. When you first started teaching— would you say that your teacher pay was like financially viable? Like, was it appropriate? Was it less, more? Where do, you, where do you land on that when you first started?
1: Well, when I first started, it was to me, it was okay because number one, I was single, had no responsibilities, right. fresh out of college, and I'd been broke my whole life. So, <laughs> <Right>. what, <laughs> to get that first paycheck, I remember my first paycheck, I took home, you know, about a thousand bucks. And to me, that was. Great money because yeah. I'd been broke my whole life, and so yeah. looking back on it, I'm thinking, how did I survive those days with that with that little bit of pay? And I guess it was just the spirit of hustle, just growing up poor. But it's really, really a challenge now. Now that I look back on those days, I had roommates, and you know, we made it work. But it was a challenge. How about it, you? Well, it was, <laughs> it was,
0: it was rough for sure. Uh, I was single as well, but I was thinking about the longer term, right? And so I had a lot of questions about like the future viability of it. like it's fine right now, me and my one bed actually studio apartment, but what I think about you know getting more serious with the time, my wife at the you know she wasn't my wife at the time, but um it was it was it was a challenge Now I was getting a stipend as the special education department chair, and then because I was special education certified. Uh, there was an extra incentive there. Did did you have, um, were there stipends for working in corrections?
1: Oh, when I first started, you know, there were no stipends. But when I went, when I moved to correction, there wasn't a stipend. It was just a longer contract. Oh, and so okay. as a regular teacher, I was nine and a half month employee. When I moved to corrections, I was an 11 month employee. Which you know, was six extra weeks of pay. It wasn't an increase in rate it was just paid me for the six extra weeks right. that I worked. So it was still a struggle. It was still a struggle, even though I made, people say, oh, you're making this much more. I'm like, yeah, but when you go home in June, I'm still working until the end of June and I'm back in August. So it was just a, a same rate, just more work. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that was, tell me the year. What, what year did you start teaching? I started teaching in 2000. I 2000. started corrections in yeah, that was a long time ago. I started <laughs> in corrections in 2015. Okay, you know, and it was, it was like I said, it was just not a dramatic increase. But like I said, it was because I worked more hours.
0: Yeah, so I started in 2011 in Oklahoma, and up until just before I was selected um, 2016 for Oklahoma Teacher of the Year. The pay had gone unadjusted since nineteen ninety two, uh, so that again that was from so figure ninety two to twenty fifteen state of Oklahoma pay was unadjusted for any kind of cost of living increases, all of those which was just absolutely wild and critical in that twenty seventeen teacher walkout, and so we needed an expert. Right, this whole teacher pay conversation—it's not at all new. Like this has constantly been an issue, and you would think that we would have figured out something. And it, it seems like some states maybe are. Are doing better than others or they're implementing like a different pay structure than others and so we need an expert so i reached out to teacher salary project that's teachersalaryproject.org and we reached out to the board chair we're fortunate to have her join us tonight ellen Sherrett. thank you so much for having us ellen please introduce yourself to our listeners
2: great hi it's great to be here rodney and sean thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show um, i'm ellen Sherrett, board chair of the teacher salary project
0: and do you have a? You also have a background in education, right? So not just the board chair title. You've done. Tell us more about uh, your your work in the education spaces.
2: Sure. So it was funny to hear Radhi and Sean, both of you, talking about your salaries being okay when you were single. I am. Um, Married to a former teacher whose salary I think was okay for him before we got married, decided to have children. Um, I personally have a background more in the academic side of of things, policy and research. Um, I did my dissertation just over 20 years ago looking at this issue of teacher shortage and teacher salaries from a historical perspective and cross nationally looking at uh, the question of why it is over time we have not been able to address teacher shortages, specifically why we have not been able to increase teacher pay sufficiently to address teacher shortages. And um, after doing the research, I um, went to American Institutes for Research where I worked closely with state departments of education and school districts and, um, and other nonprofits in this space who are trying to tackle this issue. Um, so got to see, um, you know, in kind of real life on the ground what um, what the struggles and issues looked like while at the same time keeping a close pulse on the research that was emerging and trying to translate that um, to these policy audiences. Um, and then I, I subsequently worked at the National Board for professional teaching standards um, just you know really dynamic opportunity to work um, more with the teachers, teacher leaders who are um, you know, trying to find innovative solutions to to elevate the profession. Um, inclusive of higher teacher pace so that we can once and for all uh, attract and retain great diverse teachers for every student
0: yeah so you've been on this for a good while <laughs> i didn't realize how long you've mm-hmm. been kind of focusing on this issue and so that brings us up to today you've joined you're with the teacher salary project so tell us about the teacher salary project their goals kind of objectives and and what their what work they're doing today to engage in that policy
2: work Absolutely. So the Teacher Salary Project was founded 11 years ago by Nineveh Caligari and Dave Eggers, the author. Um, the two of them had previously founded 826 Valencia, the literacy group, and realized in doing that work that um, that teachers' pay was just so problematic. They, of course, were in um, San Francisco, where the cost of living is so high. And um, together, they they Kicked off the teacher salary project with a documentary feature length film that many of you might have seen about 10 years ago called American Teacher, which told the story of of how low teacher pay impacts teachers ability to be as effective as they might be in the classroom and how it impacts their ability to stay in the classroom longer term. so we we put out that film. It made a big splash at the time. It was narrated by Matt Damon. It um, opened up the conventions of the NEA and the AFT Council of Chief State School Officers, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and, and many other um, big organizations who who had their members come together, watch the film, and have conversations about it. And was in the, like hundreds of showings in theaters around the country. And then um, subsequent to that, we had several smaller scale, short film series and um, this governor's challenge where we thought, you know, so often we think the conversations on teacher salaries are stalled um, because it's just so intimidating, both the price tag and then some of the tricky issues that come alongside the conversation, issues like performance-based pay, issues like increasing teacher, uh, increasing taxes with, uh, you know, if we have the highest leaders of our land, um, using the bully pulpit to uplift this idea of the importance of higher teacher pay that will enable and inspire conversations at all levels, um, and across the country to, um, to take place. Um, and that really is, is what inspired our, our current campaign, this teacher salary campaign, um, where we're asking, citizens of all uh, stripes and colors and leaders of all different um, types to sign on to show their support for higher teacher pay. The idea, again, being that if if we can show that all of these leaders and all of these people have your back, whether you're a teacher leader, a district leader, a state leader, a federal leader working to increase teacher pay, um, we want folks who want to do that to, to feel enabled and inspired and not you know, not intimidated, they're worried that you know they'll be laughed at if they if they dare raise in earnest the um the question of how we can significantly increase teacher salaries.
0: Sure. And do you have folks that are like actually working with state legislatures or policymakers? Are you focused in yeah, are you more active in some states than others? <laughs> Sorry.
2: Yeah so Teacher Salary Project is um largely focused on raising awareness around this issue and um we work we work nationally uh, but we're really more on the kind of the storytelling and um uh kind of like data gathering and um um really like awareness raising and and working to build the public and political will around this issue. We, we do hope that through this campaign, we can expand and partner with organizations who can help us to do more of the on the ground work in the particular regions and states where um, we see the greatest opportunities and the greatest need for increasing teacher salaries but at the moment we're hoping that our work will inspire the many many players you know who are already tackling this it's it's hardly you know teacher salary project alone who's concerned about this issue and working on it and we hope to provide the the data resource and uh inspiration to the many many leaders across the country who are um in positions in their areas to to push this issue
1: My question is, um, you know, I'm a little more confrontational. Who's getting it right and who's getting it wrong? What states do you see are doing a great job with teacher pay and what states aren't?
2: So, (laughs) big picture, I would say nobody is really doing it right. We need to be far, far bolder. The people who are doing it right are not in our country. The people who are doing it right happen to be also the... um, the school systems that have the the best student performance results, the best teacher retention results, um, places like Singapore, South Korea, and um, you know, other other countries like like Finland um, are are doing a good job. But you know, p- certain countries have more in common with us than others, and, and I think Singapore is in particular. Singapore and, and South Korea are um, you know, capitalistic economies where. Um, the economy is performing extremely well, um, not just despite, but probably because of their decisions um, and their will to invest in competitive teacher salaries and supports. As for who's doing it wrong, um, I'm not going to uh, name and shame any any particular um, geographies, but um, but I mean there is a, a variation across states. So uh, I think Mississippi. Might still rank lowest. I know the um, last time I checked, their average salary was forty five thousand, but they are currently working to um, to turn that around. So in a way, they're doing they're doing things right by um, by addressing the issue head on. We have seen a number of governors. There was just an article this week in Politico Pro about um, the efforts across the aisle among governors to um, address teacher pay. Alabama, Mississippi. Um, Georgia, Iowa, um, there were there were a few others in there. Uh, New Mexico, where uh, I think it's uh, a seven percent raise that's being uh, proposed, and actually Idaho, it was not Iowa, but Idaho is um, doing best among those at the gubernatorial level, at least where they're proposing a um, a ten percent increase. A lot of states are looking at. 2 to 3%, which is movement in the right direction, but we need to be far bolder. And I would say even 10% isn't where we need to be focusing.
1: Yeah, it really has a unique local flair, you know, when you think about it. Because when I look at my district, you know, since our superintendent started five years ago, our district has increased teacher salary, you know, counting this year's proposed raise by 19%. And so what's happening is a trickle down effect. Now the district next to us, you know, they're made they're in their budget, they're proposing a 10% raise. So the another district is now has to propose a 10% raise. All it takes is for one district to just start having that courage to say, we're gonna pay you more and all the teachers are gonna flood. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm a recruiter for my district. I'm, I'm out there right now. I'm like Suge Knight. I'm like, you want a school <laughs> district that's going to give you your money? Come work for Richmond Public Schools. And so it's really the pressure I feel so much should be on local school districts. But we all know localities and their funding formulas are all, for lack of a better term, they're all jacked up in a, in a lot of ways. But to have the courage to say we're going to pay our teachers what they're worth has a... a Trickle da- I hate that word, but a trickle-down effect on the
2: region. It's so true. So how do we get those leaders here and there to have that courage and then spark that sort of friendly competition among all the other districts in the area? And one of our board members, um, he used to, um, earlier in his career, go to the his um, state school board convenings and... Um, bring with him a list of um, the beginning and um, top salaries in every district in the state and tell them, you know, I'm going to go next week to the teacher career fairs. Where do you want to be on this list? Like, And they all knew that he was going to be advertising which districts in the state were paying the best to the teacher recruits. And it caused that exactly that kind of competition. And we need to do much more of it.
0: Yeah, that's how it is in North Texas. It's extremely competitive, you know. So you've got obviously Dallas ISD, the the largest kind of employer in the area, but um, in the surrounding suburbs where I'm at in Louisville, it's just it's it's, it's just, you know we were surrounded by Plano and Frisco and Prosper, just places that are blowing up. And it, you know if if it means like an extra ten minute drive, but a five thousand dollar differential, you're like, well, that's that's a no brainer. In fact, you really have to start getting um, paying attention to those other benefits. Uh, sometimes they're so. In sync, you got to look at well, is there are they going to cover some like if I wanted to do my own PD or are there more or less you know personal days, local personal days, those sorts of things that are factored. And then, I mean, now more than ever, that's that's factoring in obviously that the the benefits side, especially on the healthcare bit. You know, I mean, I, I took my daughter to do an appointment today, and it's you you it's it's you've got to have those conver- like those conversations have to be in sync right so like that top line figure on the contract is like yeah that's important but if the the health benefit is in such a way that my co-pays are like 120 150 like that then it cancels out right like I'm losing it on the back end and so does do does teacher salary project like engage do they convene folks in those um on the benefit side?
2: So you're absolutely correct that the conversations need to happen in sync, and we you know we can't ignore the fact that a significant teacher pay increase, like you said, could be completely wiped out by um, simultaneous increases in those other costs. The where we approach the issue is on um, um, the branding of teaching as a profession. And that requires young people, um all people, but you know young young people who are considering what careers they might go into to see teaching as an attractive option compared to the other careers that they're considering. and And we don't get there by, you know, we don't get there by, through through benefits. We don't get there, frankly, through uh, student loan repayments, controversial as that might sound. I mean, we're all for uh, teachers not having to pay anything for their preparation. but, um, in terms of elevating the image of teaching as a profession, what we want to see happen is commitments to salaries that are commensurate with what other professionals are earning. And um and so what that what that looks like for us is this this teacher salary champion campaign where you know, we've had two US secretaries of education. Many, many, many Teachers of the Year, national and state, thank you so much to both of you and to the uh, just incredible uh, State Teacher of the Year community. But Craig from Craigslist, CEOs of so, so many um, education organizations across the the spectrum from TFA to the Center for uh, Black Educator Development, the National Indian Education Association, Teach Plus, Alliance for Education. Uh, for Excellent Education and, and so many others, the Princip- National Principals Associations and Superintendents Associations, leading scholars like Angela Duckworth and Pedro Nogueira and um, Gloria Metz and Billings. And where we want to go next is building on that momentum to get the CEOs of the Amazon and and, and Starbucks and Google and the celebrities out there, Oprah and The teacher spouses, Chasten Buttigieg and Laura Bush and um, uh, Mackenzie Scott's husband, all of those people saying, I think I'm committed to uh, living in a world where we value our teachers and pay them their worth. And that's the sort of thing that will further enable and inspire higher teacher pay conversations to happen everywhere, but will also... um, Get out to uh, to to teachers as well as prospective teachers that this is a um, a profession where our highest level leaders and influencers value you and want to um and uh, to invest in your in your life, but through your pay. Um, I and mean, what we're really hoping to see happen is we're, we have this teacher salary champion campaign. Um, we are building out our advocacy resources, um, but then. What we what we want to do three four five years down the road is um, something similar to like the climate pledge, where we have a national PR campaign um, and really try to make this you know, the next sort of civil rights issue um, by you know, with, with with billboards and advertisements on TV and just just really kind of galvanizing the nation around this need to attract, retain and support excellent and diverse teachers for every single kid.
1: Now, have, have you gotten any lawmakers themselves to come out and say, I'm going to be a part of the teacher salary project?
2: We have all sorts of uh, state level lawmakers who have done that. We um, are working on, I mean, all, all sorts of governors have made statements about this. Um, that Political Pro article on Monday um, had some you know, some great quotes from governors, they didn't specifically mention teacher salary project, but but that's okay. I mean, as long as they commit to teacher salary, um, that's great. Um, at the federal level, we've seen just such incredible support um, at the NEA convention. The president himself said teachers need a raise, not just praise. Then we had the first lady in October and um, on CBS with a number of, of national teachers of the year Um State teachers of the year talking about this issue, and she just made the really bold statement: "Like we have just given so much money through the American Rescue Plan to schools, and they have to spend this on higher teacher pay." She said, "You know, it starts at the top." Um, Joe saw how hard I worked as a as a teacher, and um, and our state leaders need to be directing this money toward toward paying our teachers. And then, more recently, in December, the uh, Secretary of Education. Miguel Cardona, he um, published an article in The Hill and then followed up with that uh, with a a letter that he sent to all schools across the country um, on teacher shortages and uh, sharing his recommendations for how they should be addressed. And that number one recommendation, again, was using those ARP funds to um, to address, to, to improve teacher pay. And so we have seen examples of places that have been doing just that in Indianapolis, the um, district it has improved salaries by three percent. Georgia provided a thousand dollar bonus across the board to every teacher in the state, and then over three hundred districts have um, are documented to be using those ARP funds to increase teacher pay or provide bonuses. We of course think pay is the the way to go, but um, we have not yet been able to to analyze um, that full set, but our our goal over the coming months is to identify those districts and write up some case studies so that that can serve as inspiration and, and uh, a support for advocates across the country to do similar in their locations.
0: Yeah. So I know you guys are, you're, you're, you're championing the storytelling part and the anecdotal evidence. So tell us about the data side. Um, you've got some survey results that also dive into kind of this, this press. Uh, tell us more about the survey results.
2: Yes. Yeah, so this summer, the Teacher Salary Project surveyed nationally 1,166 teachers. There was an oversample of teachers who had been recognized in different ways, be it State Teacher of the Year, uh, State Teacher of the Year and finalists, uh, Teach Plus fellows, National Board Certified Teachers, Milken educators, union leaders, and, um, and, and so on. Um, and we found that um, two-thirds of the teachers surveyed were not sure that their salary was sufficient to keep them in the profession long-term. 45% said it absolutely is not enough to keep them in the profession for the medium to long-term. And then among teachers of color, the sample was much smaller. There were just about 100 teachers of color that responded, but um, a shocking 80% did not were not convinced that their salary was enough to um, sustain them in the profession. Um, We found also more generally that 91% of respondents believed that low pay was impacting teacher shortages in their local area, and 59% believed that it was a very significant um, impact on local teacher shortages. And beyond our survey, we know that there's a 19% teacher pay gap that equates to about $18,000 per year. Just yesterday, uh, Linda Darling-Hammond shared some statistics from OECD which showed that for some teachers, the pay gap is as much as 50% compared to equally uh, educated professionals. And um, in one quarter of districts, the highest salary that you ever can attain with 30 years of experience, a PhD, and anything else... Is uh, sixty thousand is below sixty thousand dollars, which is just just shocking. And then um, only in nine point two percent of districts can you ever, in your career as a teacher, reach a hundred thousand um, dollars. And so, as a result, we have fifty nine percent of teachers who are working second jobs, and eighteen percent of for eighteen percent of teachers that includes moonlighting, so jobs that are just completely unrelated to education at all. Um, almost, you know, humiliating, just working, um, and, you know, driving Ubers and DoorDash and, um, waiting tables and things that we just, that's just not the, the society I think that, that, um, most people and our our young people today want to be living in where teachers are having to do that. And of course, especially right now with COVID with so many needs, both for teachers and for students, that is, is not a path to, um, to making, um, uh, teachers or students whole in these stressful times, of course, teachers are going to be much more available to meet um, their students' needs when they are not at the verge of um, a breakdown themselves and aren't having to work those second and third jobs and then in thirty eight states, shockingly, a teacher who is a uh, head of a household of four is um, um, on, on, has a salary that uh, puts them on on public benefits like food stamps. So we heard like time and again of cases of of teachers having delay starting families, having roommates, and you know in their thirties, moving eight hours away from, from their families so that they can afford just you know basic, um, you know just basic expenses. In one case, we heard of a, a teacher who was renting out her not just her room, renting out her womb as a surrogate in order to make ends meet as a as a teacher. So we all saw a few weeks ago that video that went viral showing the teachers in South Dakota at the hockey game who were groveling mm-hmm. on their hands and knees for those dollar bills. But, but even before that, data showed, even before you know, before COVID, before any of this, um, the data was showing that, that between two-thirds and three-quarters of the public want to see teacher salaries increase, two-thirds are happy to support a tax increase to make that happen. So, you know, let's do it. Everybody wants to. <laughs> let's make it happen.
0: We should. That that tax increase thing, that was something I faced head on in 2016. when We had a, a state question at a penny sales tax. And now the sales tax thing is regressive. It's, you know, there's the whole, we're not going to get into the economics of it. Um, but that was an instance where there was a group, an interest group that had some messaging out that said, you know, that it was unconstitutional, um, was what they, what they put forward. They said, look, any kind of revenue-raising um, source needs to go through the house, the state house. It can't be on a, a state question, right? It can't be through, through a state prop. And the Supreme Court in Oklahoma ruled that it was constitutional, uh, but that messaging had already done the damage. Uh, and so, like, most, where most folks were like, yeah, we can get behind a penny, like, adding tacking on a penny for every dollar... Um, that that label of this is unconstitutional stuck, and so that was just kind of an instance where uh, you know it's that I would be interested to see, like I, you know, when you catch people, you catch people leaving the grocery store, you get a sample or something like that. Your survey, and I'm you send out a survey on via email and list serves, and so they, yes, I'm I'm behind it, and then when they when it comes time to like really step up, be like, here's your opportunity, we're presenting it to vote for the people. Like, ugh, I don't know, man. And those anti- like the the groups that really thrive on um, lowering taxes, you know, they they strong arm, and they that message, you know, hits home a little harder. And I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see in twenty twenty two if that has shifted at all. If 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 maybe that movement is weaker because. Like my district's closed right now, <laughs> my district is closed for staffing issues, and so if parents are feeling that now, if parents are having to take days—they're burning vacation days, personal days—or they've got to sort out the in-laws have to come down and watch the kids, or you've got a Monday, I've got them Tuesday. That's literally what my wife and I did. I can take the day, then you can take. Um, maybe they'll they'll be more forgiving. I mean, do you get a sense that so now we're living in in a pandemic, like we're living with COVID? It's here. For the foreseeable future, has the narrative, like, is, is public support stronger or is it weaker because of this social issue stuff that's creeping in? Um, some of that messaging, where, you know, let's say the archetype of like teachers are indoctrinating students with, you know, pick your issue. Um, wh- what is your sense of public support beyond the survey and beyond um, our teacher, our, our, ch- our salary champions who are stepping up?
2: Yeah, we see both, don't we? It just it depends on who you're talking to and and where you are. but there certainly is um, a, a, a huge amount of increased you know appreciation for the complexity of teachers work. That was a key piece of the film American Teacher to really help the public like see what goes into teaching effectively and that is not glorified babysitting and I think people really see that now, um, more broadly though, I think there's just a real need among the public to feel like a hope for a better future. You know, the, uh, if you look historically, the increases, uh, the significant increases in, in school funding and in teacher salaries, um, have occurred after wartime when children and everyone have been kind of traumatized and are looking for a better future. And, um, you know, if that's, if one silver lining of this pandemic is that the same thing happens, then let's do everything we can to make that. So
0: yeah. All right. So let's, let's switch over to homework time, Ellen. Uh, What homework do you have for our teachers caucus listeners?
2: Sign on as a teacher salary champion. You can just go to teachersalaryproject.org and scroll down and you'll see a place that says, are you a teacher salary champion? Click right there. It takes less than a minute. If you want to provide a quote, Um, Go for it. We have been, um, in some cases, turning those quotes into social media cards. Feel free to to flag if you are interested in being highlighted on social media as a champion. Um, But more important is to help um, amplify the message, share this with three other uh, colleagues, and advocate. um, Reach out to your district leaders, your state leaders. Write something for your local papers if you want to donate, if you're in a position to donate, that is is super helpful. We've been asking people for $20 2022 um, because we really want to push on this topic in 2022. If you're feeling like you have more capacity and um, want to direct it this direction, we are also accepting donations of $65 um, to uh, reflect the fact that we want to see starting salaries at $65,000. Or if you have Even more to give, two hundred and twenty dollars in to reflect that we we think that that's where the um, the top salaries for teachers should be.
1: Oh, that's all. That's an awesome assignment. Um, What about extra credit? What extra credit would you want to give teachers or listeners out there?
2: Oh, I I guess it would just be instead of reaching out to three friends and colleagues, make that ten triple it, double or triple it. Um, yep. Instead of reaching out to three of your representatives, double or triple it. And instead of giving us 20, 22, 65 or $220, double or triple that.
1: Awesome. So get your whole department to sign up. Everybody in your school to sign up. That's your extra credit. Just get your whole school in yes. and everybody make everybody's voice. heard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Join Rodney and I, Rodney and I signed on just before we hopped on here with Ellen Ellen, go ahead and watch for. I'll be making that contribution as soon as we hang up as well. I think you guys are doing excellent work. It's it's something that you know is near and dear, obviously, to Rodney and I's heart. Um, we've got to do better, and Rodney's out trying to sell the profession to folks daily. Uh, I'm doing so in different ways, and it's it, that that sell is just getting so difficult now, and we've got to be able to reel them back in and with a higher top line. And um, shout out to all the districts that are finding new and innovative ways to. To raise that figure uh, long-term, too. I mean, you uh, you know, we didn't actually talk about this, and I want to stay too long in it, but on the use of federal funds, Rodney, you have alluded to a a financial cliff, which could be problematic. So I think this is why we're seeing some districts go with bonuses over a bottom-line increase because there's not, you know, after the midterms, who knows uh, what happens on the financial security there. What are your thoughts there, Rodney? Close us out with that.
1: Well, I just think, um, I know in my district that they are so hesitant to use that money because, you know, we're already in a situation where we're losing funding from the state and to use that federal money to promise, you know, to increase salaries at the, in the end, you're going to have to take money back from people. And so that, that's the big, uh, that's the big thing that's got everybody scared. I don't want to give teachers an extra $10,000 in salary and then, when the a r p funds run out, I have to essentially give them a pay cut and so it's a it's a bad situation for school districts to be in, and like I said, some are going with bonuses, some are going with other things, but I think if Congress could just keep that level of funding, you know it wasn't it was shouldn't just be a one time you know, shot in the arm to education. That should be your minimal commitment every year. I think districts will be more, you know, apt to just say, hey, we're going to give you the $10,000 raise because we know we're getting this extra federal funding every year. So I really think it's on the federal government to step up because right now in my district, we're in the middle of budget season. And, man, I mean, if teachers really knew what went on in in those budget meetings, it's just... It's There's not enough There's not enough And so you're faced with the situation of Do we cut children services To get more salaries And then if we don't get more salaries Teachers are going to leave It's a hard process It's like there's not enough And I think if the federal government Made that commitment to say You're going to get this money every year Then we see more local localities And states be willing to give more bonuses, more raises to t- to teachers.
0: Yeah, well, that call to action is clear, and teachers have have risen to the challenges. Schools are doing everything they can to stay open, so we call on policymakers to step up as well. And we really call, as Alan said, we call on the folks who are education adjacent or the or the non educators, the folks in the business communities. Like, we need your allyship now more than ever. We need your voices uh, to vouch for this this highly complex work uh, that deserves to be paid accordingly. So. So, Ellen, thank Ellen Sheret, uh, board chair of the Teacher Salary Project. That's Teachersalaryproject.org. Sign on with Rodney and I. We appreciate you joining us this evening, and this meeting of the Teachers Caucus is now adjourned.